0: Saturday. Dear Salt Talks family, this is Salt here. How are you guys doing? Happy Saturday to you too. Dear one, thank you for clicking play. I appreciate that. I hope you're getting some rest this weekend. I don't know about you guys but my, my last week was, it was intense, it was busy but i'm just so grateful to god i'm just so grateful to god for how he saw me through honestly i really don't know how he does it but that is why he's god he just does right um i'd like to start start off first of all by just um appreciating everyone appreciating you guys listening to me now just for being there you know for being there at the other end of these podcasts all these months all these years every day every time that you click play this particular salt salt talks is dedicated to every single person that we love that has gone home to be with jesus every single person that we love that has gone on to the other side of eternity my prayer is that by the time we get to the end of this podcast you would have made up your mind to make every single moment you have left count as your way of honoring all these people that we're dedicating this soul talks to today this podcast is titled this thing called death and the one thing i now know for sure over and above the other things i know for sure this is a a new one thing that i know for sure now and so i hope that i get it out the way that god wants me to get it out i pray that those for whom i'm speaking it would make sense to them they will get their message they'll get their word this soul talk is also inspired by my twin to golden plus sister and hadiza aliko Mohammed. she also did a podcast recently and um, where she was talking about death and its impact on us and um really from a point of view of what death should how death should make us view our lives um so i'm kind of like jumping off of that but maybe in a different way because i i have experienced death in different ways i'm thinking about it i realized that I've experienced death when I was in my teens. I experienced death again in my 40s. And then again, just as I was going into my 50s. And I think at different times, the death had a different impact on me and that's what i want to share my prayer is holy spirit please help me is that the way that i would articulate my thoughts would um elicit is it elicit some meaningful changes in the way that you listening the way you're doing life, the way you're doing your relationships, but my errand is to speak and to share, and I leave the rest to the Holy Spirit, to be honest. My mother died when I was 15 days to my 18th birthday, and that death pushed me deep into Jesus Christ. I'd always known about God and I was in secondary school i was in and out of su meetings and all kinds of things university same you know always try to go to church and all of that but when my mom died i made a pact with god i made a pact with god and i told him that if he would take care of my brother and my sister and make sure that they were okay that i would always believe in him i would always you know i would always be his if you like so it was very transactional <laughs> my belief in god at that time was quite transactional i was like okay, if you do this then i will do that and that was how i think i kind of was walking my faith in those young teenage years with god I I I can tell you now that I know I and I knew then that um, I just felt that I had a special covering from God. I couldn't really un- explain it or articulate it, but I just felt that at at different points in my life where I needed help, needed helpers, somehow or the other, that help, those helpers would always come onto the scene. And so that kind of sustained my belief in God through those years. Then when my father, my papa, my prof died, I think I was in my 40s. He passed on in 2014. Death taught me that no matter how upset you are with a parent or a relative, you are so, so relieved that you sorted out whatever that issue was. The moment you hear that they have died... One of your first thoughts would always be, thank you, Jesus, that we made up. Thank you, Jesus, that I made that phone call, that I reached out, that we sorted out that issue, because that was what happened when my papa, my prof, passed on. Just before then, maybe a little over a year and some months, we had had this very horrible text war, and it was really bad, you know, Um, I can't even remember what led to it. Or what it was about but I know that words were exchanged and the worst thing you can do with somebody you care for is to have an argument via text don't do it do not do it when my papa my prof died the first thing I said to myself in the midst of crying hot tears was Lord thank you that I had made up with prof you know because he fell ill, you know, and I think even before we f- he fell ill, we had kind of like started talking again or something, I can't remember how it happened, but I thank God that it did, and so I had him brought over to Lagos, This I will never forget it was in, in November, because I wanted him to come earlier, but my father was such a workaholic, I, don't have, I do not know a, a more hard-working person than my dad, apart from my husband, Th- those two guys very hard working so he had i had heard he wasn't feeling well around august september and i wanted him to come but for some reason he said okay no he has to get some things done so he was gonna come in november so i remember him arriving in like lagos and going to the hospital and all of that um but let's rewind i think i missed something so before so we had made up before he fell ill the, in the year prior um when he was going to turn 70 that was kind of like how i what i used to apologize if you like that oh look prof you're turning 70 i really want to celebrate you and have a birthday party with you and we had this whole party that we organized with him all his children apart from Sholly and Tokumbo were present. His grandchildren, of course, my children, um, were there. He had some of his very close friends, you know, come there. And it was really grand. I'm really grateful to God that that happened because he was so happy. I could tell that he was happy. And then it was now the next year that he now was ill. And he came and that illness basically led to him going home to be jesus his death taught me about the preciousness of memories his death taught me how we always want to know we have done our best for our family in the end apart from having that birthday party for him and make and being a way of celebrating him when he fell ill even though you don't want it but you're happy that you're having an opportunity to take care of your parents of your loved one so after he had passed i was grateful that i was able to show him in the way that i went all out with my husband of course to take care of him it wasn't about the money about anything was like just ensure he's getting the best care he could ever get I was really grateful to god for that opportunity to give back to my papa my prof he wasn't perfect far from it but he loved us he loved his children and he did the best that he knew how and he's the only dad that i know Uh, tell me if you know any other dad out there any niger dad who pasted the photos of his children on the dashboard of his car yes if you know anyone out there anyone any other dad out there that that does that please let me know anytime he went into his car you see all the pictures of us mine was quite atrocious to be honest but thinking about it now it just warms my heart that that was the kind of dad we had you know if you've read any of my diaries especially the diary in the year 2011 i have series of blogs or series of of chapters there that were dedicated to t- talking about my dad and the kind of father th- he was to us i think each one of us as his children we have very unique memories of him he was our dad in very different ways but there's always this common thread that runs through it and so that time he wasn't well was my opportunity to to say thank you to him again i'm glad that i had that opportunity death taught me then that no matter what yeah so death taught me then that no matter what one of the first thoughts that will go through your mind when a loved one passes on is you trying to figure out how much care you showed them how many times you told them you loved them when was the last time you spoke to them was it a good discussion was it a happy one You're going to go through your pictures and figure out how many of them are of you with them. Gosh. In the end, death taught me that when death comes calling, all that really matters is how many memories you would made with your loved ones, how many times you celebrated them, how many times did you, were you able to pay them back for all the love that they showered on you? And even if they didn't shower love on you, because you know better, did you do better? I always wonder, it's always funny that people who are treated badly simply recycle all that negativity. Why don't we do better? knew we didn't like how we were treated by somebody why do we do the same to other people it always baffles me but anyway as a 40 year old dealing with the death of her father I learned to try to do my best to not let a grudge draw on for too long between somebody that i care for when i know that if i hear that, that person has passed it's going to be doubly painful for me i learned the importance of taking care of the people that you know the people that you love because it's going to matter when they're not there anymore I learned to create memories when prof came around when he wasn't ill he was there, he was here all the way up until christmas and i knew he, he he wanted to go back home because he wanted to be he wanted to be with his family at christmas and i said you know what instead of you going and risking your life and all of that i'll bring your family over let's spend christmas together so Everybody was here. We celebrated Christmas together and I still cherish those memories. I can still close my eyes and see Prof then in his wheelchair with all of us around him on Christmas morning. I can still see all the Christmas presents under the Christmas table, under the Christmas tree rather. I can still see, I can still even hear him laughing, know that his deep belly rumble laugh at something funny that maybe Anikana or somebody had said. I still see the downstairs sitting room filled with all of us because everybody was here and those are the memories that i hold on to now and i smile memories are important i pray that we'll be more intentional about creating them with those that we love now death came calling in a very different equally if not more Hurtful, deep way when my sister, my Aboriginal child, surely passed on. Death taught me that even death has its own purpose. Death is not like final, no, death is not that powerful to end anything. For us left behind, it can either wreck us or it can galvanize us into our more. That is what Shirley's death taught me. Here I was, two years shy of my 50th birthday. And this child, this woman that I had raised basically from the moment our mother died, she was five and I was going to be 18. And she for real became my child because actually from the moment she was born, I've, I've, I I've, claimed her as my child. I didn't care that we still both, we still had our parents. She was mine. She was my baby. And as far as I'm concerned, I raised her. <laughs> and here I was being confronted with the fact that Shirley had died. Uh, Shirley's death taught me... I am stronger than I think but not of my own self I can't even brag Shirley's death taught me that God is real it is with Shirley's death that my faith the, the fact that my faith was no longer transactional was sealed but let me start with the unforgiveness part the need to forgive as a child of God. Shirley's death took me to a whole new level of education concerning the importance of forgiving. You see, unforgiveness is a thief of life. As a child of God, we can't coexist with unforgiveness in our hearts. We can't live with being a child of God and live as somebody who is bitter or resentful, or angry against anybody. Shirley's death taught me that the need to forgive for my own sake. It was a whole new experience, because I found myself telling God that I could not, I could not forgive Shirley's family in law, I could not forgive Shirley's husband and I did not want to forgive them and I wanted to pursue justice. I wanted to get to the bottom of why my sister was no longer alive. But God He told me that what I was doing was basically allowing the enemy to steal from me twice. At some point, long story short, I said to him, Okay, Papa God, you know I can be real with you. I do not want to forgive, but I see what you're saying. So have your way. If you want to, if, what, the most I can do is to release myself to you. And you can work on me and help me to forgive. And that was where death taught me. That to forgive people who have hurt you deeply is hard. It's difficult, but it's possible. It's possible because the Holy Spirit is real. And he does really tangible work on you, on our hearts, if we allow him. So here I am, and I can confidently say to you that I am walking in forgiveness against my sister's family in love because death changed my relationship with God at some point I can't really tell where or when or whatever but it happened it was no longer transaction based because there were so many times I begged so it's not it's difficult it's very very difficult but it's not impossible you just have to choose to want to obey god but even if it's not about obedience to god it's about loving yourself more than you hate the other people more than you dislike what they've done because here's the thing holding on to unforgiveness is actually destroying you destroying your life it's not really doing anything to the other people, in fact you're giving them power if you keep on holding grudges against other people, they keep power over you when you forgive them, you take your power back something very powerful i learned from watching the movie the diary of a Des- uh, of the diary of a mad black woman so Shirley's death taught me about the importance of forgiving people and i pray that you listening to me if you have art against anybody that you will love yourself enough and you will love god even more that your desire to want to obey him trumps your desire to see those people rot in hell. You see, I said something about how Shirley's death sealed the deal that my walk with God was no longer transactional. Because you see, there were so many things that had happened, even leading up to Shirley's passing, that proved that I now believed in God just because he's God because i asked him to do so many things for me but he he didn't seem to answer you know like in the early years of my life where it was like if you do this and i'll believe in you and he did them he took care of Sholly, he took care of tokumbo he saw us in those early years without our mother you know there's so much that went on in that space in, in that space of time of our lives, I it is only God that could have been watching over us. So he kept to his part of the bargain, really he did it. And so I believed in him. <laughs> but as the years went by and all of that, I began to realize that my faith couldn't could not be or it was no longer a transactional because even if you just take the example of I praying to God to heal my father, to make him well, to restore him back to his, you know, his, 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 his younger years, the same healthy, I remember having a prayer point that as he was when he was a young fit, 20, 30, 40 year old man, that's how I wanted God to restore him, his sight, his, his body, everything, I wanted everything reversed, but God had other plans, because Prof still died, But I still continue to believe in God. But here's the thing. Later on, he told me that he did answer me. That God indeed had been restored to his 20, 30 year old fitness and handsome looking levels. But he just wasn't on this side of eternity. It was a huge aha moment for me that day. And I cried like a baby. To understand again how deeply God knew my heart and the pain in my heart for him to take out his time to come and tell me that my prayer had been answered but maybe not the way that I thought it was. I I wanted to get to the bottom of Shirley's death but God said no but I still continued to believe in him. I wanted to hate the Gasker family for life and God said no and I still continued to believe in him. In fact in that time was one of the seasons where I got to really understand God's love for me in a different way. There's so many things I wanted God to do. He didn't do, and there were so many things I wanted to do that He wouldn't let me do. <laughs> Yet, I still believed in Him. You see, my relationship with God is now more obedience-driven, obedience-driven by a deep gratitude to him for how much i am loved through all of the death i have lived through i have become a better christ follower i'm not perfect nowhere near nowhere near that but i am very far from where i used to be i like to say as it's actually a poster that Shirley shared once that i am a glorious. Mess. I am a masterpiece and a work in progress. I am God's salt. I am not good. I am not bad. I am just salt. It's the only adjective, the only noun I want to be used to describe me or to use to call me or to name me. I mean, who knew that this thing called death could lead to such outcomes and changes in behavior and mindset changes and paradigm shifts in a human being right but that's the thing about death as they say the only two things you can be sure about in life and i say this very tongue-in-cheek death and taxes <laughs> and i think change everybody knows that the only constant thing in life is change. But, you know, death is a guarantee. Like Hadiza said, it's coming for us. It's coming for us. But, like she said, don't let it catch you unawares. Live a life that sees you being intentional, knowing that it's coming and sees you making the most of the time that you're given. And I say live a life that sees you being intentional about the kind of currency, legacy currency you want to leave behind. Not in structures, not in bank accounts, not in tangible material things. But what legacy do you want to leave behind in the hearts of people? Live when if, if you answer the question if I ask you what would you want people to remember about you or to think about you when you're no longer here, whatever your answer is, walk backwards from that and live it today live it today, the one thing and I'll end with this that um, I now know in addition to all the other one things I know is that no matter what there is nothing on the face of this earth ladies and gentlemen nothing on the face of this earth that could ever happen to me there is no one that could ever do anything to me nothing that could make me turn my back on god or run away from god first of all simply because there's nothing that could make him turn his back on me there's nothing that could make him leave me behind because he's always with me never leaves me never forsakes me but here's the thing. Before, there was a time, you know, and I think it happens to all of us, where whenever the enemy brings up kind of my, like my list of sins or my list of character defaults or my the things that, that he knows that I don't like about myself because I think that, you know, it's not fitting for me as a child of God to still be dealing with and that cloud of condemnation kind of like sits very heavily on me before what that would make me do is kind of like you know going to a a, to a a corner and not read my bible and not want to pray and not want to go to church and not want to talk to god but that doesn't happen anymore that doesn't happen anymore even if i'm dealing with those kind of thoughts Even if I'm feeling down in the dumps about myself, one thing I first of all remember is that that is not how God sees me because Jesus Christ has paid the price completely for my past sins, the one I'm doing today and the one I'm going to do tomorrow. He has paid the price in full, completely, and forevermore. And he's not doing that twice. It's done, it's done, done, done. So, whenever Christ God looks at me, he sees me through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So, yes, while I might be dealing with those issues, it's for me let me put it this way whenever i even feel that way i'm having this conversation with god and i'm telling him and this is really like a real life conversation that i have with god all the time i'm like god okay you know what i'm dealing with this thing this is how i'm feeling i know it's not really godlike i know it's not i know you're not i know i, I know that it's i shouldn't be this way but i'm telling you about it right now i'm not gonna turn my back or not i'm gonna read my bible even if i'm upset so i'm having that con i'm telling i'm telling i'm telling I'm telling him, I'm talking to him, even in the midst of that feeling, even in the midst of it, I've said to him, no matter what God, I'm going to hold on to you, no matter how I'm feeling, there's nothing that I'm going to be going through or nothing I'm going to be feeling that is going to make me stop talking to you. honestly i literally have talks like that that god i I, i'm feeling wretched right now i shouldn't have said that done that i shouldn't have done all those things but you know i'm still coming to you i'm still coming to you thank you because i know you love me thank you i know you don't see what i'm doing i know but i'm not going to stop reading my bible i'm not going to stop worshiping you i'm not going to stop praying until we sort this thing out that's the one thing i know that there's nothing in this life right now that will make me stop talking to my god that will make me stop coming to him stop reading his words stop listening to good music stop listening to messages there's nothing and i know that these things are always based on feelings so i i have committed to myself to not live my life by my feelings I choose in spite of my feelings to do what I know is gonna take me in the right direction okay do I do it every single time of course not you know that I'll be lying if I said I did but that is my stance and even on the days where I don't read my Bible or I don't feel like praying or I don't do whatever even when I'm not able to choose to do those right things that will help my spirit I continuously talk to God about it I'm telling him God I don't feel like reading the Bible honestly I don't feel like living in the Bible. I don't want to go and walk. But I'm telling him about it. So I'm always in conversations with God. And I can't tell you how much it has blessed me to be able to be in that space right now. And because I love you so much. I'm going to end this talk right here, right now. And I'll only ask you to stay lifted and hold fast to your saltiness. If you're still listening, you truly love me. And I'd love to know that you listened to the very end. Hit me up in my DM and tell me what was your key takeaway from this. And I promise... I would make it worth your while because you know, like my Papa God, I love to give gifts. Bless you. Ciao.